say, boys and girls? This is Bobby Bliss from Overkill. That's right. We're on Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with your host, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley. So it's time to fucking get the wax out of your fucking ears. That's right. We say fuck a lot. Right here on the Rock and Metal Combat fucking podcast. Hey everybody, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrasher Die and Combat again with another uh, exciting episode of Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. And this week I got my buddy Ian. How you doing, Ian? Uh, I'm nursing a hangover, man. I hear you. And this week we got a very, very, very special guest. None other than the one and only Gordon Gerbert. I mean, sorry. How do you pronounce your last name, Gordon? Gebert. Gebert. Gordon Gebert. Ge- Can you see me, by the way? Because I know we can't see you. No, I don't, no, I don't see you. Oh, bummer, because I have your book. And, and I want to let you know that I bought this book in March of 1998. At a KISS convention in Orlando. Do you remember that? Believe it or not, yes. That's uh, Bruce Kulik, Karabi was there. And I didn't know nothing about this book. I just bought it. I said, oh, it's a book about KISS. And look, there's the author. I was like, cool. And I got an autograph from you. And um, let's get into this. I mean, I'll I'll be honest with you. I haven't read this book in many... I I read it, but back then. I haven't read it again. But there's some stories that I do remember from it. But uh, just to refresh the people out there, let everybody, I'm going to give you a little plug so you can tell people how to get your book. And I know you have new editions out there. So so let us know. Yeah, it's a new, the, the, you, you, since you got the original, that's awesome. I love it. Thank you. But definitely get the new special edition Kiss and Tell book because it has all the details of the court stuff, that, like, everything that everybody Ask me is all in that in the new special edition book. Get all the all your questions that are answered in it. <laughs> Kids and tell more and rock and roll war stories. So how can they get them? How can they, uh, the people? Really easy. That there's there's the the book versions and the Kindle versions. They sell Kindle versions on there. All right, all right, great. So uh, let, let's go let's go all the way back to the beginning. Um, how exactly? And I know you're going to answer this for the millionth time, but how exactly did you meet Ace Frehley? Uh, I'll keep it short because I know in my other interviews I start rambling. Um, Ace, we lived in the same area, and I actually recorded and uh, rehearsed and recorded in Backstreet Studios, which Ace, um, Ace's best friend, Bobby McAdams, my co-author, was co-owner of that studio along with Eddie Solon. So I was really good friends with Eddie Solon. I was really good friends with Bobby McAdams. And Ace was just like a, hello, how you doing? You know, he knew me by face. And then years later, we befriended each other through a, a girl named Linda Suzabach, who Ace was having an affair with, who ended up passing away. And then I met up with Ace at the Crazy Horse in New Rochelle, which was owned by Big Pussy from The Sopranos. And that's how I befriended Ace. Did you follow all that? Yes, yes, I did. The actual actor that played Big Pussy owned that place? Yes, it was his place, yep. Wow, that's interesting. So then after that, 
you pretty much went into business with Ace Frehley, his business, right? Yeah, well, we were friends for a long time, uh, for a bunch of years, best friends. And then this guy, uh, John Apostle, uh, who hounded me to become Ace's manager. And John Apostle, for months, was calling me up saying, introduce me to Ace, introduce me to Ace. And I, and I was like, I kept blowing him off. I go, no, no, no. And then, um, and then I got even, he offered me money. This is funny because I get offered money for introductions and that totally turns me off. He's like, I'll give you, you know, a couple hundred dollars. You, you take me to dinner with him. And this, I don't know, you know. So finally, one day I was talking to Ace and he needed a manager. Ace was talking, you know, complaining. I said, hey, I got this guy, John Apostle. He keeps hammering away to, to meet you. You know, uh, do you want to you want to take a meeting with this guy? He goes, ah, what the hell? I get a free dinner out of it. We all went, ended up going to dinner, and uh, and that's how John Apostle came into the picture, and that's how uh, I got suckered into business with Ace. <laughs> Gordon, not to cut you off, uh, what year are we talking right now? What what's the time frame on this? Mm. All right, I befriended Ace around eighty four, eighty five. Okay. And, okay. Oh, so this was way before uh, the Freely's Comet album. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was just writing. He was just doing, working on the Freely's Comet album. This is when uh, Richie Scarlett was in the band, correct? Rich, Richie was in the band. And I, I know Richie since, I, you know, we go way back, Richie Scarlett and I. Um, cause, uh, I know all the guys he, Dino Fagosi hung out with. And, the, you know, all the guys he hung out with up in his area, up in New York where he played. Um. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, we was just working on the on the first Frehley's Comet album. Okay, so um, you you start working with Ace Frehley, and uh, you were there before he signed with Megaforce. Um, and also at those times he was demoing a lot and playing the club circuit, wasn't he? Yeah, he was jamming a lot. I mean, I I go down. There was there was clubs that I played and jammed with him with with, with Richie and. Um, you know, impromptu jams, and we're playing cover stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then Ace would play like a couple of gigs, like he did with Anton Fig. He played. I remember it was with the band Smash Gladys. He playing. It was at the Cat Club, and Ace was doing a big gig. It was important to him, and it was Anton Fig on drums. And that that was the first time I met Anton. I didn't even know who Anton was because I, ne I, I never watched Letterman. My brother was a big you know David Letterman fan. And uh, I met Anton that night with Ace, um, Richie Scarlett. I'm trying to think who played bass. John Regan? Uh, I think John Regan played bass back then, even. And Didn't, then, uh, uh, wasn't Paul Schaefer on keyboards then? Was that? Paul Schaefer, he was on keyboards? Yeah, they, Paul never really played with Ace. And you did? Yeah, jamming, and then we, when we went to clubs and stuff like that. I, I was not a, any kind of official member of anything. I just, as a musician, I go to the Cat Club and uh, China Club and all that and just jam with all these, uh, you know, amazing musicians. So, so like, the keyboards on uh, Dolls, that's not... No, that's my that's my keyboards programmed. Uh, da, 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 da. Is that sequenced? I'm trying to think if I sequenced it. Yeah, those are my keyboards. Uh, I don't. I didn't play keyboards on dolls. I did. I programmed oh. sounds and all that. Oh, good, 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 because that that's a horrible song. I'm glad you didn't play on. <laughs> I'm, glad you, I'm glad you said that because I was more in the vein of uh, of Ozzy, No More Tears, Don Airy. 
Right. Yeah. Well, that that was way before No More Tears, though. Right, 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 I know, but I was I was into Emerson Lake and Palmer and more ballsy type keyboard than John Lord from Deep Purple. Right. Into the wimpy sounds and the and the Yamaha DX7 bell sounds. I hated that shit. Yeah, I, I think that was a Casio. I think that was a Casio on that. A bit of Casio. More ballsy keyboard sounds and, and more progressive rock type stuff. So, Gordon, you never played on any Ace Frilly album? He never asked you to play on anything? Well, I, I'm trying to think. I did Dancing with Danger. I did the, the sequencing program, but he, he had Todd. Uh, you know, Todd Todd Howard is a great keyboard player, and he sang. So he was he was the guy. So I was in the background. I mean, I was playing with other bands, doing progressive rock. And Ace and I would always argue. You know, I remember the one conversation I had with Ace in a strip joint. We went to... Uh, you know, famous strip joint in Manhattan. I forgot the name of the damn thing. You know, the, the biggest one. And No More Tears, that, that I mentioned, came on over the over the uh, PA. And it's playing, and the keyboard parts are coming. Da, 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 da. And I turn to Ace and go, this is the shit you should be doing. You know, those are the type of keyboards that you should have on your album that you should be playing over on top of. Ace was always threatened by keyboards. I, 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 don't, I didn't get it. Was there any band that you were in that had, that made any type of mark? Yeah, I, I played with Angel. I, I replaced Greg Jafria. Oh, really? Did they did they release anything with you? Yeah, they did. Um, what's the album called? I forgot the freaking name of the album. In the beginning. Okay, Punky Punky Meadows was still in the band. No, Punky was supposed to come back. I was playing with Frank Domino and Barry Brandt. Steve Blaze from, um, you know, Steve Blaze. He was an angel. Well, he was in the other band, uh, that down in Louisiana, big band. By the time you were in them, they weren't in Casablanca anymore, were they? They were. They were off Casablanca. I toured with them in Europe, and I did uh, a lot of shows in St. Louis, Midwest, and then, and then I played with Marty Ballin from Jefferson Starship, and then uh, I'm trying to think of the other bands I played with, uh, and recorded a ton of stuff. So I'm on a bunch of albums. Okay, so now let's get into the dirty stuff. All right, Gordon? Now, I know you've gotten attacked a lot, and you can understand why. And I, and I did uh, hear an interview with you not too long ago where you actually said that you hate tell-all books. You hate, like, you know, like those type of books where it's to bash somebody and to get away. Now, I did hear your side of the story. This is kind of your retaliation of Ace Frehley get going online and putting up that you stole from the Rock Soldiers fan club, correct? It's not retaliation. Well, what, what would you call it then? That word, retaliation. It's not retaliation. Okay, what, what would you call it? Like revenge or I'm going to get you back for saying that about me? You know, is that what it was? What, why would you even use that word too, revenge? Uh, because it seems like, uh, you did the, I mean, in that interview I read, I mean, I heard online, you were basically saying, well, you know, after he said all this stuff about me, uh, that's the reason I went on to write this book. Isn't that true? Yeah. Well, let me clarify it. Ace Frehley accused me of embezzlement publicly. Kiss fans have run with that ever since. Now I went to court. Now everybody goes, why didn't you take Ace to court? I did take Ace to court. I won in court. Ace owed me a whole shitload of money after the court procedure and everything. And what did Ace do? 
claim bankruptcy and then pay me. I'm, I'm sorry, Gordon. I got a, I got a quick question for you. Uh, a long time ago in the '80s, I sent away five bucks to join the Ace Fairly Rock Soldiers, and I never got jack shit. Uh, who do I go after yeah. for that? That's Ace Frehley. I, I go after Ace? No, absolutely. Oh, okay, do you have a current phone number? Because I need that money. I, I'm, I'm not doing too good. And five bucks could buy me a quart of beer. <laughs> Actually, I do have his phone number because Rachel called me like an idiot. Oh, yeah. I heard something about that. I didn't get to hear the whole message. What was that about? I mean, she was really going off on you. You got to hear the whole message on that, and this is why I'm doing interviews now. Because, well, let me you know, hang on to that one. I got a little bit of ADD, so you got to keep me focused. All right? Okay, okay, you got it. All right, let's stay. Let's stay on topic. Let's stay on. Okay, so, so uh, uh, back to the book. Um, why? Why I wrote the book, and I did. I've said it countless times. I hate guys that wrote tell-all books to cash in, you know, off their. A friendship from a celebrity and everything and that's not the case with me I wrote the book to defend myself it's not revenge not retaliation those are those are awful words because uh, it's more to clear my name this is why I demand an apology from Ace throughout all these years that he accused me of, of embezzlement all his fans have taken up taken up on that message that false lying message about me and have spread all that crap all over the internet that I'm a scumbag that I stole from Ace. And it's so far from the truth, it's ridiculous. Do you feel the book has cleared your name? No. Not enough people have read it. And my name will be cleared when Ace freely apologizes to me. I mean, what, uh, you won in court. Shouldn't that be enough to clear your name? Where is it? Where, where on the internet has it, all those KISS fans that, that continue this crap that I stole from Ace where, where have they seen it I'm saying it right now and, I, and I've won in court and Ace still does not, you know these fans don't get it they're the ones perpetuating it and Ace is the one that 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 wanted them to do that to do all the dirty work this is what I'm this is what I'm fighting right now is is all the fans are keeping me you know going and defending myself and perpetuating this and, and making my best-selling book continue to sell. <laughs> uh, Gordon, I, I saw some posts that Ace's uh, girlfriend put up on Facebook, and uh, and she was basically saying that uh, that you're mad because uh, Ace re, uh, refused your sexual advances and saying that you were gay. Are, 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 is, is that slanderous, or are, are you a homosexual? Ah, that's a, extremely slanderous. It's okay, so... So you're not gay? No, not at all. So oh, Paul okay, I'll, okay. Because if you were, I was going to say you should have hung out with Paul Stanley. Yeah, no, it, yeah, you guys would have got along better. <laughs> but and then, you know what? It's funny that that Rachel started that and she tore them down immediately because because I did contact my attorney and everything, and um, she she ripped it. It was so childish for her. This is what I'm dealing with. This is what Ace's. Ace's current fiance is so childish doing this crap, right? So, and I find it so ironic and funny that she's accusing me of being gay and Ace refused my advances and everything. When gay, when Ace is the one who had 
gay relations with Peter Chris, and it's well known and documented. Uh, what you were saying earlier, how the Kiss fans continue to harass you when, you know, why doesn't anybody mention how you won in court? Gordon, is there anywhere online we can see, like, documents of, you know, how you won in court and how he filed for bankruptcy when you won? Is there any, uh, like, so, cause, because if you show that proof, then the KISS fans can just shut up, right? They won't shut up because the, the, I posted it, and, and, I, and it's in the KISS and Tell, the new special edition. All, all the bankruptcy papers, it, it, put it this way, KISS fans still don't have this connection. They don't get it. Ace claims I embezzled from him, right? And then at the same time, he goes goes bankrupt and then puts me on his bankruptcy papers and tells the government he owes me money. So which the fuck is it? How much money did he claim you embezzled? Did, how much? I did, that's a good question. He never even stated an amount. Okay, is anywhere in these documents does it mention my name and $5? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Good. Good. You know, I'm going to say I need a you... copy of that. I, I, I feel your pain. Uh, I feel we're like kindred spirits because I too, um, you know, I befriended Ace Frehley. And no, no, this this true story. This this was this was in the uh, early 2000s, and uh, you know he kind of fucked me over too, and I wanted to write a book. Uh, it, it was hard to do because I'm not a good speller. Uh, but then, as I finally was able, you know, I, I, you know, I got a publishing deal and everything, and uh, you know, they had to fact check everything. Uh, turns out, I was friends with Tommy Thayer all along. <laughs> it, I, I mean, you know, in my defense, they look alike. You know, yeah. uh, they both played shock me, so you could see how I was confused. Yeah, but um, relations with Tommy Day. All right, Gordon, here's something else that, that really does perplex me, too. There's another thing I have. I've had this for a while because uh, I am a big KISS fan, and I own a lot of KISS videos. But I mean, talking back in the day when it was VHS trading, I knew a big KISS fan, and he gave me a video of Ace Freely in an office with you, uh, a female, and his manager, and they were yelling at Ace. You know what video I'm talking about, right? That was at my house. Okay, great. All right, here's the thing that really bothered me about that video. There's a part in the video where somebody, I don't know if it was you or his manager, said, you know, you basically say, uh, fuck the fans. And Ace really yells out, I never said fuck the fans. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Yep. Okay. okay, now this is what bothers me. On YouTube... I found a video where they they edit out him saying I never said where it only has him saying fuck the fans. Have you seen this? Yes, yes. Who who, who put that up? So, first of all, you swallowed the bait. They're focusing on on the edit and all that crap. First of all, when you go to see a movie preview, when 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 you're in the movies and you see a movie preview, what are you seeing? Yeah, I've seen little clips of the movie. You got a little clip of a movie. Now, everybody's focusing on the editing and all that crap. Let me go, and I have the four-and-a-half-hour meeting with, where that video is from. And that whole, let me see, that whole segment where we're arguing was me arguing with Ace how he was fucking the fans. And he was fucking his fans. He was fucking the fans of Rock Soldiers. 
He was fucking the fans when he was on the road because whenever you, you spent your money on Rock Soldiers and became a captain, you were supposed to meet him backstage after the show. Ace was blowing off his fans, wasn't doing it. I was yelling and screaming at him about him stop drinking, pay your bills, get your shit together because you're fucking the fans. And Ace said, I'm not fucking the fans. You are fucking the fans. And it was a whole segment, and I went down the whole list of how Ace was fucking the fans. You know, I get it. Ace put out a new album. Everybody's thrilled, and they love it and all that stuff. But Ace has fucked the fans for 20 years. Ever since, when, when was the last album? Trouble Walking in 1991? And Emily comes out, and Space Invaders comes out 20 years later. Rip Van fucking Winkle there. Couldn't put out an album in, within the 20-year span because he was all fucked up. That's how he's fucking the fans. So also, also uh, he has my five dollars. Yeah, and he has your five dollars. And I, next time Son I of see a bitch. Him, Gordon, Gordon, but come on, man. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about edited commercials for for movies, but don't you think editing out him saying "I never said" kind of makes him look like he said "fuck the fans"? I know you think. Or you say he fucked the fans, but he didn't actually say that. He er, Yeah, because he earlier said it in the video. I love this, because you guys are get your hook, line, and sinker. I got the fucking fish hook right in your mouth. Earlier in that video, which was never released, was fuck the fans earlier. And then Ace later on was saying, I didn't say fuck the fans. You did earlier. And you have been, and that was the whole fucking argument. And then, and then John Apostle says, has a whole argument with him. Have you been drinking? Have you been drinking on the road? We were confronting with that. Ace, it was like a, um, one of those uh, interventions. That fucking meeting was like a fucking intervention to, to, to fucking help and save Ace's life. Fans don't realize I literally saved Ace's life. Wait, wait, but. But when he was with you, he never did ever become sober, did he? No. Then how did you save his life? When he's when he's practically dead in a hotel room, and I got to fucking pound on him and splash water in his face and walk him around because he fucking OD'd on fucking alcohol and pills. You know how many times I had to fucking do that? Okay, no, no. I didn't read that in the book. Was that in the book? No, because I use discretion in the Kiss and Tell book. That's the other thing fans don't get. I use so much discretion in Kiss and Tell, they don't get it. So I laugh every time I get a fan saying, I'm a scumbag, right? I'm this, I'm that. And they don't, they should be thanking me instead of saying, fuck you, you're an asshole. Gordon's defense, I have a whole CD of Ace saying, fuck the fans. It's called Anomaly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he said, "Fuck the fans." Uh, now, it, it's, very, it's very interesting to to hear uh, you know your stories and your claims, and you know nobody can really prove anything either way, you know. But I, I like hearing both sides. I wish Ace would come on here. I would, if you got Ace's number, you want to get Ace in on this call? That would be fucking awesome. To put it on the record, I have no desire at all to be in Ace's presence ever, ever, ever again. That bad. Wow. It's hard for a KISS fan to, to, to let that process in their brains because they're like, oh, my God, you know, like Ace is like a god to them. But Ace has screwed over so many fucking people. And I'm talking big people and little people. And he screwed over more little people 
than the big people. You want me to go down the list? I'll, I will bash him here. I'm a, no holds bar here. Ace has, has screwed Gene Simmons over how many countless times? He screwed over Peter. He screwed over Paul. That's, those are the guys in his band he screwed over. He, Ace almost single-handedly fucked up Kiss forever. When the first time he left Kiss, he left Gene and Paul almost without a band because their, their contracts were they have to have three original members. And when Ace left, Gene and Paul were fucked. Well, it also it also is uh, well known that Ace really was not happy with the elder, and he was against it. And I think that probably uh, contributed to you know. And you think about it, the two prior albums he had three songs on each album, where the elder he only had one. And I think he was getting fed up with uh, with Kiss at that point. And plus, you know, uh, the car accident soon after, um, I think conti- contributed to it. And he didn't get sued for leaving Kiss at the time, so. Um, wait, wait, wait! You see, in that side of the story, so why did Ace only have three songs on one album? Three songs on a car accident. Hello, he was fucking drunk all the time. You know, when Gene's calling him up, come on, come on down and work. Ace is the laziest motherfucker you'd ever meet. (laughs) Seriously, I, I I understand that, and I always, I know, I've heard even all the way back from Destroyer, he didn't do a guitar solo due to. Card, card game. But, you know, let me tell you something, Gordon. I'm sure he was as lazy as you're saying when you were hanging out with him. But, man, during the Kiss 70s, they toured like madmen. They were constantly on the road. They busted their ass, and all four of them were really hardworking in the 70s. I think as hardworking as as, uh, Gene and Paul, he probably just became lazy in the 80s, obviously, because it took him forever to do a solo album. Because he got involved with drugs and drinking. I think Gene and Paul didn't get involved with drug and, you know, drugs and drinking. Let me, let, let, me, let me even... I know you guys idolize Ace and all that, and you don't want to hear me. No, we, we love to hear it. Hey, look, I'm not saying you're lying. I'm, I'm just questioning some things. Uh, I, I see by the, by the facts of Ace really taking a long time with albums and stuff like that, yes. But, you know, there's also... Parts that kind of like contradicted, like you know, even the reunion tour when he this is right when you know, like a year or two after he stopped talking to you. I mean, that tour went on forever, you know, and he stuck with it, you know. So I don't know. I mean, that's not lazy to me. No, no, you know what it is? Is Ace has no? He is, that is lazy because Gene and Paul said, you know, work with us and we'll keep you a millionaire, multi-millionaire, right? Now, imagine if Ace never left KISS all these years and worked hard and did, you know, stay true to the KISS enterprise and everything. You know how much money, do you know how much money Gene Simmons is worth today? No, I I have no idea. He's he's worth $300 million. Do you know how much Paul Stanley's worth? He's worth about a hundred and a quarter, 125 million, 150 million. Before you tell me Ace, how much is Peter worth? Peter's worth more than Ace right now. Do you have any dirt on Peter? Because I hate that asshole. I I, I met Peter, and and, and he was a fucking dick. You know, Ace was drunk, but at least he was fucking cordial. Peter was a fucking asshole. I met him him a couple... He was the first KISS member I met. It was at a KISS convention in 94. And, man, I'm fucking shaking. I'm like, I'm going to meet a fucking member of KISS. And I had a Paul Stanley shirt. My ex-wife bought me, like, airbrushed. It was a cover of the Paul Stanley solo album. Yeah. And I walk up. I'm so excited to meet him. And he looks at me. He goes, 
yeah, nice shirt. That homo wishes his hair looked that good. Fucking dick. And I'm like, what? You ungrateful son of a bitch. Be nice to me. Uh, I, I like Ace Fraley better. Uh, you know, but uh, I'd like him even more if I got my five bucks. Yeah, if you get the five dollars, I might be able yeah. to work out. Who knows? Yeah. yeah, and Gordon, um, another thing I want to ask you. Uh, do you believe Ace Fraley has been sober for eight years? No. Okay, well, how's that? Uh, how do you figure that? Do I believe? It's do I know if Ace is <laughs> Okay, you know because you know people on the inside or something? Exactly. Okay, you don't have to mention names, but what what uh, a time frame. When's the last time Ace really got loaded, uh, drunk, or anything? I'll ask you a question. Why is it important to you? Uh, well, because I would like to know, because uh, I'm a big Ace Freely fan, and I honestly do believe he's been sober, but... I'd like to hear uh, somebody tell me how that's not true because you know you know why I think he's sober, Gordon. I'll tell you why. Because Ace Frehley's always been a thin person, and a lot of people when they quit drinking they become bloated, and Ace Frehley's become quite bloated the past eight years. So that's why I think it's true. Well, that's some theory you got there. Yeah, it's true though. I mean, he's been skinny all like since the seventies, and all of a sudden out of nowhere. After like you know eight years, he just balloons up, you know. Well, you, well, you got to take age into account. When when people get to his age, they fucking get fat. <laughs> well, not everybody. I mean, look at Sammy Davis Jr. and that guy was an alky. You know, he never quit drinking. And Dean Martin. You're basing it on theory and and your love for Ace and 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 believe. Trust me. Let, 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 let me set this thing too. Yeah, everybody thinks I'm rooting for Ace to fail. They think I, you know, I I, I, I want to see him drinking. I want to see him, you know, in the gutter. And what. That's so far from the fucking truth. I want Ace really on top of the fucking world. I want a number one CD from him. And I want him to go back with Kiss. I want him to be great. You know why? Why? Sell more Kiss and Tell books. I want the guy to be fucking successful. <laughs> yeah, but but Gordon, Gordon, uh, Gordon, he was in Kiss when you released the Kiss and Tell book. Kiss and Tell. Don't even mention that other book. Oh, I'm sorry. Kiss and Tell. No, but but you did release this book when the reunion was going on. I, you know what, Ace, I knew about the reunion in 95 when I went to court with Ace. Because, because in the court which is in the book, uh, when, I, when I was talking to the judge, yeah, Ace the was in negotiation. He already did the MTV yeah. thing. So I was, uh, the judge, it was about his ban- I was contesting Ace's bankruptcy. And, and um, the judge, I, my statement to the judge was, Ace is do- ready to do a reunion tour with Kiss, and he could pay the $3.2 million that he owed to everybody. And that's why he was claiming bankruptcy, because Ace was fucking everybody out of $3.2 million of debt. And why didn't he pay back once he got all those millions back? Bingo, because Ace is a scumbag. No, but could, shouldn't the court force him? No. When you, you Do you know how bankruptcy... Oh, I get it. No, I don't, but I figure if you don't have it then, but you have it later, it doesn't count, right? When you claim bankruptcy, it absolves all your past debt. Ah, okay. This is why I got screwed. This is why his father-in-law got screwed. This is why the and the first people to get any money and and this is the only you you'll get this. 
the the only people that could get their past debt is the IRS. Oh, so did the oh. went went and got all the money first before all his all the people he owed debts to, which there was thirty something people on his on his bankruptcy that he screwed. John so, Hagen, John so I, I'm never going to get that five dollars. <laughs> huh? I'm never gonna get that five dollars. I'm not gonna get that five fucking dollars. <laughs> this is fucked up. This is an depressing episode. Motherfucker. Yeah. Damn it. Write a book, Ian. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm, and I'm gonna tell everything. Charge charge five bucks for it. I, I will. I don't buy one book. Alright, Gordon. Well listen, like uh I'm again, look, there's two sides to every story, okay? Happy there. I, I'm not saying you're lying. Not, never never once did I think you're lying. I read the book, and I got to tell you, it was quite entertaining. I would like to read it again because all I remember was uh, something about Sebastian Bach's wife that he offered Sebastian Bach's wife to, to bang him, and Ace really turned it down, right? That's the same book, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it, it was an entertaining book. But, you know, at the same time, you know, um, Ace really just doesn't mention you at all. And we never heard his side. So it's hard to, you know, like, if you were on the outside, Gordon, could you understand how some people would question certain things? Absolutely. I absolutely understand. But I, I don't understand the fans that get so fucking crazy that I get death threats and shit like that. Because that's so asinine. And my response to them is, you don't know me. You don't know Ace Frehley, and that comes to you. There's two, there's two sides to every story, which you're wrong. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, Ace Frehley's side, and the truth in between. Oh, so both of you are lying. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have any dirt on Tommy Thayer? Uh, um, we have a mutual friend. We're supposed to get together. So what should I say to Tommy? Uh, tell him to give us a call. We'd love to, be, we'd love to have him on the show. Right. Tell him I tell him I think he should wear Vinnie Vincent's makeup. Hey, hey, by the way, Gordon, where is Vinnie Vincent? Um, I really don't give a shit where he is. <laughs> oh, is there bad blood there? Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Would you like to talk about that? Because no. I heard I, I heard you embezzled money from the Vinnie Vincent and <laughs> from, from their fan club. I heard you invaded the invasion. <laughs> You guys are entertaining. I love it. You, 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 you've got the right attitude. You just don't, don't, don't take anything seriously, which I'm like that too, so, in, in some ways. Right, so I'll tell you the quick story, though, but move on to something happy, and then we'll end this. Okay. I was really good friends with Diane, his wife. Oh, the one that passed away? Yes, and she passed away on my birthday. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Is it is it true she was a prostitute? Yeah, I heard something about that. Vincent's first wife. Okay, is this true? I don't know. I, I I might not have the story true that his first wife was murdered by a serial killer. Was that true? Yes. Wow, and she was a prostitute or a call girl. Supposedly, yes. Wow, that's cr- is that the one that you knew? No. Okay. So what? Well, oh, he's been married more than once. Yes. Uh, is this his current wife? You know. Diane, who just passed away. Yes, I knew. I knew her. Oh wait, she just passed away. Yeah, this past January. Oh wow! And uh, did, that was Vinnie Vincent's wife. She she was living in Tennessee with Vinnie, and she was calling pretty much almost every day. 
that that was the same wife that uh, with the dogs, the dead dogs, and a. I know the whole details of the dog story. I know Diane would call me almost every day. And and how she passed away? She, she uh, I don't know what the. Uh, we're still waiting on the autopsy report. In fact, the autopsy report probably came in. But how do you call her parents and say, you know, had she died? I, I'm not going to... Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. You know, I understand that. Wow, that, that I didn't know. So, and let me and let, let me tell you... Uh, and see, I'm, I don't want to talk about... Uh, you know, when I was talking to Diane all this time, she would, you know, say in the phone calls, don't say, uh, you know, details of our phone calls. Right. Uh, so and I'm and and I hold that you know I hold that promise to her. Man, well, how is it that you that you you know all these people close to Kiss and I don't even know a guy that was like a janitor at Ace Frehley's son's school. <laughs> how, how, how can man? You have so many connections, Gordon. Yeah. How, how, why you just like a mover shaker in the in the scene and and you just bump into people that know people and. How does that happen? I mean, I'm a I'm a musician. Well, I'm not a musician, but I'm in a band that's fairly popular, and I I don't know anybody. Yeah. Well, where are you located? Uh, Miami, Florida. You're all you're in Miami. I do you know uh, Heaven Studio? Uh, no, I don't. I know Criteria. Oh, uh, Heaven was uh, Ricky. What's his name? The the gay freak. Oh, Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin. That's his studio. I recorded in that studio with Angel. Is oh is that it's located in Miami? Miami, yeah. Oh, okay. No, no, I don't. I don't know. I the Hit Factory is the popular one down here. Criteria Studios. A lot of see. People, that's another thing. I get bashed that that I was this hanger on leech. I get all called all those names and everything, and I crack up and I laugh, and they don't realize how many people I know and I and how many people I work with. I'm I'm in a deal right now that's gonna freak out people if this deal comes through, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna state what it is and jinx myself. <laughs> is it a tell-all book about Mark St. John? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, well, well Gordon, I, I'm not telling you to say what it is, but in case, don't say if it's true or not. But in case it is a deal on your book to make a movie, please write a little chapter in there about Ian and his five dollars. Yes. Ian, no, Ian and Ralph. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sir. Yeah. Fuck it. He owes me twenty. <laughs> not kiss related at all so that's the thing that fans think this is my life you know when they see me on facebook and then they think that's one one hundredth of my life i i'm doing so much other things and like you said i don't want to brag you know and you guys kind of get the tip of the iceberg of how many people i know and all, all the people i work with and they all know I use discretion, I'm honorable, and they understand the reasons why I wrote the Kiss and Tell book. Gordon, when I hear your name, the first thing I think of is the touring keyboardist for Angel. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you know. <laughs> Gordon, uh, one more thing, and then we'll let you go. And I want to thank you so much for being on our show. Um, Loved it. Uh, the thing is, um, your book, uh, do you have, I, I know you you have a lot on your plate. You don't just live off this book, do you? Oh, not at all. Okay, you have, you don't have to say what it is. I don't want to pry into your life. But do you do you have like kind of like a nine to five or anything? No. No, you just do, uh, you're like a musician. You 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 record with people and, and just write, and you know, your book, that's your income, that type of stuff. No. 
Oh, you got other stuff that you don't want to talk about. Exactly. You're a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> now I know how you became Ace's friend. Yeah, Ace was my biggest client. <laughs> and I'm pissed off. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, all the stuff that I do, you wouldn't believe how honorable what, the things I do. And for me to even state it here, there's no reason to even state it because... Kiss fans don't give a shit. They'll hate me no matter what. So Right. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to hate us for not bashing you. No, you can bash me. It's all, you guys goofed on me, but not enough for them. <laughs> have you ever been on a show where people have called you a scumbag and stuff like that? No, not really. I, I've been on... Everybody's been cordial to me. It's amazing. Because, you know, people on the internet, you see Kiss FAQ. Are you guys on that? No, I know about it, but no, I'm not on it. No, I know, I know. That's good side. I don't, I don't get it. People are so miserable on the internet. They, they, they go on there, and they, I mean, I got a guy like he's on YouTube on the Rachel Gordon YouTube thing, and every five minutes he's like, "You did this, you did that," and there's a guy consumed. You know, it's like his life to to tear me down, and this is why I do what I do to defend. Oh good honor because he's got it wrong he's listening to ace really who is an alcoholic and a drug addict who happens to fuck over his best friend publicly which he shouldn't have done it was a wrong move by ace i, oh, I, I, I feel you gort we got a stalker named terrence reardon that won't <laughs> leave us alone don't pour him uh, off on me no we're we're on the process of writing a book about him yeah <laughs> no but 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 gordon uh one last thing. I'm sorry. I keep telling you one last thing. But, um, the, you know, you do want something out of this. I mean, this is the reason you did the book. You want an apology from Ace Frehley. You want, I mean, don't you think by now you're not going to get it? Of course. So why continue? But, all right. So now you're on to something, and it, and it leads to the drinking. Do you know do you know the 12-step program? I've never been part. I know. I've never had a, that type of problem. No, no, I'm drinking right now. No, Ian, Ian will be facing it soon. But Cheers. No, I won't. No, I won't. Because <laughs> I'm not a quitter. Now I'll bring you on to something that, that should make common sense to you a little bit about Ace and the eight years of sobriety and all that bullshit. Okay. In the 12-step program, do you watch Seinfeld? I have seen it, yes. All right. There's a, there's a whole episode on this, which is hilarious. Look it up. George Costanza wants his apology. I'm freaking George Costanza right now. In step, step nine, as an alcoholic, you're supposed to make amends to everyone that you've harmed while being a drunk and a, and a, and a drug addict. And that's supposed to release you of all your uh, guilt and... and um, and all your demons and guilt as an alcoholic. And this is how you can recover. And this is why I know Ace is not, has not recovered. And you guys are buying into the advertisement of Ace. Why is Ace saying, I I'm eight years sober. Why is it so advertised? And you guys are repeating it as go gospel and everything. Name one celebrity. I know I ADD'd this also. Name one celebrity... That does that. That average. The Diamond Phillips. It makes it so important that he's sober. Uh, well, I think the reason Ace does it is because he's constantly being called an alcoholic and drug addict 
by Gene and Paul in interviews. No, he wants to get back with Gene and Paul, and that's that's the bullshit that, that, that I've gone through. Now, if he was truly a recovered alcoholic and he's truly sober, Ace would give me that apology, and that's how you would have to measure it. Uh, Ace, hey, fuck, fuck your apology. I want my five bucks back. Five bucks back, too. I don't know if good money also in step nine. i got to find out about that. Yeah, I think that's a uh, 13th step. Yeah. So, step, step nine, Ace has not gone through step nine. He has not apologized to Gene. He has not apologized to Paul, not, neither Peter, nor Kiss, nor his Kiss fans, nor all the little people he screwed, Bill Baker, Jimmy Hayward, I'll even name some people that he screwed, little guys that he screwed, that he should be apologizing to. Now, if Ace was truly, truly a recovering, recovering alcoholic, you know what the name of his book should have been instead of No Regrets? Which No Regrets tells me, fuck you. When you write a book entitled No Regrets, that's saying fuck you to Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, his KISS fans, because he's saying no regrets. I have no regrets that I fucked everybody, that I was a fuck-up, that I screwed up in KISS. He has no regrets how his life is gone. That's not a recovering alcoholic. A recovering alcoholic does not think that way. A recovering alcoholic says, I'm, I'm sorry for all the things I did. I'm sorry for the people I screwed over. And if Ace can't apologize to me, which he's sticking to his guns about me, he was such a drug addict and an alcoholic, he doesn't even remember if I embezzled from him. He wouldn't even be able to tell you the figure that he does, Ace does not even remember who I am. I can promise you that. It's been so long. So... But, okay, I understand exactly everything you said, but um, I did ask, uh, you will never get that apology. Uh, and the whole the whole uh, thing about writing the book and taking this out is because you want that apology, but you do admit you're never going to get it. Because Ace will never recover fully as an alcoholic. So you think by him apologizing to you will, uh, will be full recovery for him? Yeah, I could truly believe he's in full recovery. If, if Not just my apology, his apology going down the list. Like I said, his book, No Regrets, should have been, his next book should be called Step Nine. I, I've never read that book. Were you mentioned anywhere in that book? No, Bobby McAdams was. Oh, okay. Yeah. His, his next book should be called Here's Your Five Bucks Back, Ian. Here's Your Five Fucking Dollars Back. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd buy that. I'd buy that twice. <laughs> Well, go- Why would you buy it? Why would you buy it when he owes you five dollars? Because I'm a fucking idiot, Chris man. <laughs> uh, I, you said it, not me. Yeah, we are idiots, Gordon. I'm sorry. We we do hate you. <laughs> I understand. I actually like you guys. Oh, so that means you'll be on our show again? Uh, absolutely. I, I want one. I want one where you talk shit about Angel. Because that's some dirty motherfuckers there, Angel. Yeah. God well, damn it. Angel was a lot of fun to play with. I had a really good time with them. I didn't like their manager. That's that's a whole other story. Gordon, let me ask you. I'm in a band. My band is called Thrash or Die. If you want to look us up on, on Facebook, I hate to brag, but we have over 165,000 fans. Um, yeah, it's very cool. I was wondering, would it be possible that you can like run our fan club and then I can do like a... Thing on, I can do a thing online that you embezzled, and you can write a, a book about me. Yeah, and you know how popular your band would get. That would be awesome, man. I'll even give you material. <laughs> I'll give you a video of my shenanigans. 
<laughs> On the serious side, send me the link to your band. I want to check them out. Okay, great. Yeah, just type in Thrasher Die. You'll, you'll, I, you will not like it. I know you're into Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. We're, you know, thrash metal, like the heavy stuff, you know, heavier than Kiss. I like some thrash metal. It, it, wait, do you have a singer that goes... No, 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 that's more death metal. Yeah, that the, the, the death metal stuff, I don't know. Just just to goof on death metal a little bit, when the guys go in the studio and they go... Don't they realize when that becomes a hit and famous for all their fans, they got to do that every fucking night? Yeah, well, believe me, the thrash metal stuff is really hard, too. You, when you hear me sing, you, you hear I'm a little vo- a horse now. Because I had a show last night, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can blow out your fucking vocal cords, you know. It's it's very hard. Uh, uh, one more thing. Is there anything that you liked musically from Ace Frilly while you were with them? Like any songs from those albums that you were hanging out with them? Absolutely. I mean, I never, ever, ever criticized Ace as a musician. I, he, he was the best musician in Kiss. Because he, he was a street musician, I loved working with Ace when 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 he was when I had him in his sober moments to play stuff. I played with a band called Bang Gang and uh, and Ruby Tear and whatever Marianne Scandifio from um, Black Lake. I know Black Lake. So I like to rock. I like to roll. Marianne Scandifio. She, I I played in her band Bang Gang and Ace produced it. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Studio working with Ace. We, I mean, he was producing Marianne's stuff. Marianne was my fiance for for a while. We were supposed to get married. Wow, that's nice. How how many inputs is she? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Gordon. So uh, during during the second sighting, he must have been really fucked up, Ace, right? Yeah, you know, I, it's funny that he uh, Ace freak recently bashed that album and, and said it was was not his best work. Supposedly, I love that album. I don't. Ace didn't work on it. Everybody else was doing all the work. Todd Howard was doing all the work. John Regan was doing all the work. Those are the heroes. Those are the guys that you know kept Ace going. Wait a second, you're on to another thing. Anomaly. Who's the guy that 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 got Anomaly together and got that album out? Which Esposito. Yeah, Esposito. He got fucked. Well, I thought I didn't like that one. I, I do like the. What do you think of his new one, Space Invader? I listened to the whole album once, and I know uh, you're getting a scoop on this one because everybody was criticizing. I think the basis of the Rachel phone call was because of the song uh, "Past the Milky Way." Right. I like that song. I like that song. You love that song, right? Yeah. Love this song called "High on the Mountaintop." High, High on a Mountaintop by Chris Cassone. Now, I posted Past the Milky Way and High on a Mountaintop to give the inside scoop to KISS fans where, where Past the Milky Way came from. It was supposed to be a cool thing, a good thing, but the assholes that have this negative, whenever they see my name, it's instantly hatred pops up, thinks I was doing something detrimental, and I wasn't. I was giving some inside baseball, inside info. Chris Cassone wrote a song called High on a Mountaintop, a political song about Benghazi. Very cool song. And Ace, and Ace heard it from Chris, and Chris said, let's work on, rework this song and put new lyrics on it and everything. And Ace said, yeah, cool. So that is the back. So listen to High on a Mountaintop and Pass the Milky Way, and, you, and you'll have a, like a cool... Backstory: How that song came about. 
Oh, interesting. So basically, Ace stole it. He didn't steal it, no. Chris Casone <laughs> offered the song to him. Oh, so, but did he get any writing credit? Yes. Chris oh. got writing credit. He's going to get residuals for it. This is why I don't understand. And then, I mean, Kiss fans ran with it and said, Ace, Gordon Gebbard is accusing Ace of stealing a song. I didn't say anything. I just put the two songs, AB, and all the fans assumed all that shit. They're idiots. Well, come on, man. We can't help it. <laughs> now, 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 Gordon, is it is it also true that Europe uh, stole the keyboard sound for Final Countdown uh, from your Angel recordings? Yes, it is. So, I thought so, and, and, and I'll, I'll testify to that. Gordon, Gordon, I'm going to take that little clip right there where you admit to that, and I'm going to just bash you all over. Look, he's taking credit for Europe, man. He's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, it's about time you get some of that final countdown money. That's right. You deserve it. And I'll take you out for a subway after. There we go. Five, five bucks. <laughs> Gordon, I can't thank you enough, and uh, I hope you will. I hope you don't hate us, and you'll be on our show again. Well, if you edit the shit out of it, make me look like an asshole, then I won't go. <laughs> <laughs> well, <That's a> good <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, I would. I didn't even think of that till you said that right now, Gordon. Yeah, our episode is going to be five seconds long. Hey, Gordon, is it true that uh, you uh, Europe stole Final Countdown from you? Yes. All right, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I'd take a little note from you, Gordon. We're gonna edit the shit out of this, and we're gonna sell it, and then, and then, ten years from now, when I need five bucks, we're gonna put a new edition out where we put all the other shit back in, so people buy it again. And I'm also gonna put on a loop you saying "fuck the fans." <laughs> all right, now, Gordon, we're we're gonna we're not gonna edit anything. We're gonna keep it as is, man. We're we're honest guys. Unlike you. Anyway, so, um, again, Gordon, I can't thank you enough, and we will be talking soon, and I will send you a link to my band, and I hope uh, you dig it, man. Absolutely. I, I love, you guys did a great job. I loved it. I had a lot of fun. All right, man. We look forward to having you on the show sometime next year. What do you say? Sounds good to me. We're going to give you a whole year to make up some more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next time you got something to plug, a book or whatever, get in touch with us. We'll have you on. By the way, we're very popular. I don't know if you've seen our numbers. We get a lot of listeners, so. I wouldn't do a show any less. All right. Thank you so much, Gordon. All right, Gordon. Thank you. Oh, thank you, man. Later, man. Bye. All right, so there you go. Our interview with Jor Gordon Gerbert, like the like the, the baby food Gerbert. Or, <laughs> no, it's actually... Gibbert. How did Gibbert? Adam, that motherfucker's got like four names. I'm going to call him 4G. He was a good sport. So, anyway, so now we're going to go into pick of the week. And I'm going to have uh, Ian say his pick first, and then I'll go into mine. All right. Uh, my pick of the week. I'm going for one I think might be overlooked. And this is the first album by Lynch Mob. Wicked Sensations. Uh, I'm a huge George Lynch fan. Uh Love docking. I love I love George's guitar work, and I think Wicked Sensation is, is a great fucking album. Uh, great songwriting, great singing by Oni Logan, uh, drums by Wild Mick Brown, and I can't remember the bass player. I think his name's Esposito, some shit like that. But anyway, Wicked Sensation. If if you like docking and you like that kind of eighties hard rock, I think it's a great fucking album. Overlooked, uh, but it does have a cult following. Check it out. Let's
I just uh, I would like to add that Oni Logan's from uh, my scene, and he used to be in a local band down here, and now it's like, oh man, they're it's in the tip of my tongue. But I used to see Oni all the time, like sing for a band down here. It was a good band. Uh, so he's a local boy. Uh, I own Lynch Mob, and I should listen to it again because that's one album that everybody loves, and I just never really. I never really gave it a chance, to tell you the truth. But I still own it, so I will uh, put it on again. And uh, let's see if it does the magic that Tooth and Nail did for me. Uh, so my pick is another underrated album, roughly around the same time, uh, is Motley Crue's album 1994, the self-titled Motley Crue album, where they had John Karabi singing for him. I think it's a criminally underrated album. It's very heavy. I think the reason that it didn't stand a chance was because it was called Motley Crue. And, you know, and, and Motley Crue fans are like, man, no Vince, fuck you. So they, it didn't stand a chance in hell. And at that time, you know, you know, that type of music was, you know, a bad word, even though that did not really sound like Motley Crue with Vince Neil. It's a great heavy album. And, uh, I think anybody that never listened to it, let me put it this way. I have a buddy that loves death metal. He hates Motley Crue. He loves that album. And he's a death metal fan. It's not a death metal album. But this guy loves the Karabi stuff. And so do I, man. I think, to me, my favorite Motley Crue is the Too Fast for Love, Shot at the Devil, and the 94 album. All right? The albums before, I had a song or two I liked off it. But to me, those are the three most solid Motley Crue albums. The first two in 94. Highly recommend it. And I heard that John Karabi is going to be performing the whole album live. So hopefully that comes my way. Because I never, unfortunately, got to see that lineup. Because it tanked. The tour tanked. Never came to South Florida. And I never got to see Motley Crue with John Karabi. But that is my pick of the week. Now, go ahead. That's a solid pick, too. We should get John Karabi on the show. That'd be nice. You know, I actually know a guy that used to manage him. Really? Is his name Gordon? <laughs> no. His name is Gigi. <laughs> Gigi Gerber. All right. And, uh, okay, so, Ian, why don't you give everybody the 411 like you always do so people can know how to, like, check us out. It's much more simpler now to check out our podcast than before. Tell them how it's done. Oh, it's so fucking simple, Ralph. Dr. Fuck. All you got to do is go on Podcast Attic if you have an Android device, an Android phone, or an Android tablet. Go on Podcast Attic, type in Rock and Metal Combat, subscribe. You get all, all episodes. Every Sunday, be automatically downloaded into your phone or your tablet. Also, you can come on the Podbean page. Uh, sign up on the Facebook page. Sign up on Podbean. Uh, YouTube. We have so many channels so many outlets to enjoy this show, so many different ways. You know, if if you like watching videos behind it, go on the YouTube channel. It's usually backed up a couple weeks, but it's a fun way. Route does a great job on that, where you see all pictures and videos from that whatever album we're talking about that era. Does a great job. Uh, just uh, and leave comments. We love talking to you, uh, but you got to you know that you got to do a little homework. Either hey, send us a thing for Facebook. We'll let anybody join that. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. You can sign up on Podbean and leave comments. Sign up on iTunes. I forgot to mention iTunes. We are on iTunes. Go on iTunes and subscribe. If you have an iPhone or whatever, just hit subscribe, and you'll get all the fucking episodes. But this Sunday and each every Sunday, you can get another thrilling episode 
of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. All right. And by the way, everybody that's listening, fuck the fans. Fuck the fans and I want my $5. I like to fuck all your girlfriends. All right, guys. So we will see you next week. And thanks for tuning in. And again, another special thanks to Gordon. Thank you very much. Good night. Shazbaz.